they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Barbers, the Bible with the Barbers. This is our first show. Let me just step down a little bit to get the picture set. And uh, we've been, our arms have been twisted. My wife said she would do the show. Let me go down here. Maybe that's better for the cameras. Is that better? Okay. And uh, I want to thank you for joining us. This is the first show that we're doing together. We'll be doing this show every Tuesday. And uh, we want to give people the basics on the Bible. And that's what my wife does every Tuesday here at the Sacred Heart Chapel here in Covina at 7 p.m. For those who are local, they can come to the Bible study each Sunday, each Tuesday at 7 p.m. But I wanted to ask my wife to, before we go into uh, basics on the Bible, because this is the feast day of the guardian angel, I thought it would be appropriate for us to talk about your guardian angel and my guardian angel and how it all works. Now, a year ago, Catholic Answers had the both of us on their show, and it's still on YouTube, and from what they tell me, boy, they're getting lots of hits. Well, angels are popular now. 50 years ago, 40 years ago, it seemed like it was going down, but now everybody wants to talk about angels. So Mary Danielle, welcome. This is your show. I'm just here to kind of guide you along, and I'm grateful that you said yes 30 years ago to marry me, and also saying yes for this show. Well, thank you, and I'm happy to be here. Real well, joy. Good. Well, I just want to talk a little bit about the angels and what the biblical basis for the angels are. And I thought we'd do the readings for today because that really clearly demonstrates that there are angels in the Old and New Testament. Yes. Um, today's readings are special for the feast day. I don't know if your pastor or your, the priest who said mass at your parish did them, but the first reading is from the book of Exodus. It's chapter 23, starting at verse 20. 23 and the Lord said and he's speaking to Moses here and Moses is going to lead the people out of Israel out of Egypt back to the promised land he says behold I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place which I have prepared give heed to him and hearken to his voice do not rebel against him for he will not pardon your transgression for my authority is in him. But if you hearken attentively to his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. When my angel goes before you and brings you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I blot them out. Now, the historical context here is, of course, the deliverance of Israel from Egypt after slavery, and Moses is going to lead them into the promised land. But every biblical passage has more than one level of meaning. First, you have your literal historical setting. So you need to understand that if you really want to understand what the Lord is saying. But he's telling Moses, I'm going to send my angel before you. He's going to guide you to the place that I have prepared for you. But then also each one of us can realize that that's addressed to us because God made us for himself and he's prepared a place for us in heaven and he's given us an angel to stand at our side to guide us and direct us and guard us if we're willing to listen, but we have to listen and we and the Lord wants us to follow. Fantastic. I left my missile uh outside the studio, the one we read for the Jesse and Terry and Jesse show from the Gospel of Matthew. I think it was, what, 9, chapter 9? No, it's Matthew 18. Oh, Matthew 18. I want to read that because that's the reading we read today, Matthew 18, verse uh, 10. I got it. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, here's the Gospel reading from Matthew. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep 
and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the hill and go in search of the one that went astray? So the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel also talks about angels. The Old Testament talks about angels. What are we saying here regarding, uh, I tell you that their angels always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. What is that indicating? The angels live in the presence of God. They were made by God. And the angels, the good angels who passed the test, actually got to go into the presence of God, into heaven. The, the devil never saw God face to face. So there's some literature sometimes you might read that says, you know, something about the devil saying, well, you know, I who saw God, don't you think I now suffer a, a thousand hells? Well, the reality is that the devil never saw God. Mm -hmm. And none of the angels who fell saw God because they, they had mystical knowledge of him. Once they passed the test, the good angels went into heaven. They live in his presence continuously. Everything that they do on our behalf, they do in and through God. So they never take their eyes off God, even when they're serving us, even when they're protecting us, even when they're giving us counsel and admonishing us to do what what is the right thing, to do our duty and to be faithful to the Lord in prayer and to listen, they're still in God's presence. They're still looking at God face to face. Okay, we've got biblical teachings, Old and New Testament. <clears throat> we also have the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs 334, 336, and 350, supporting what the Bible teaches. For example, uh, the angels in the life of the church, paragraph 334. In the meantime, the whole life of the church benefits from the mysteries and powerful help of the angels. Okay, we're going to talk about that in the liturgy. How does that help? But also, paragraph, th this is what's very important. Paragraph 336 says, From the infancy to death, human life is surrounded by their watchful care and intercession. Beside each believer stands an angel, a protector, a shepherd leading him to life. Already on earth, the Christian life shares by the faith and the blessed company of the angels and men united to God. Now, I have a joke. The unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high. Our church, the Bible teaches that we need to collaborate with our guardian angel. My, I'm going to say my love, Mary Danielle. Yes, my love. Can you share a little bit on that catechism verse? Because I think that really does say it all, says it all about that we have an angel for life. Yes, for life. From the first moment of our conception until the, and beyond the moment of our death, actually, if we enter into heaven, our angel goes to heaven with us. With us. I love that. You know, so they get to be with us for all eternity. Amen. And your good angel, if you refuse to listen to him and you don't follow his advice and you end up not going to heaven, he still gets to go back to heaven and be with God for all eternity. Um, what you choose, you're free to choose and he will not violate your free will, but he will encourage you to do what's right. And God doesn't leave us alone. He understands that we're in a battle. Mm. We're in a battle for our souls. This, someone once said, you know, if you're in a battle, if you don't know that you're in a battle for your soul, you're probably losing it. Amen. So be very careful. You are, we're in a battle every single day, okay. every moment of every day. And it's not, you know, a battle with swords and clubs. And it's a, it's a spiritual battle. And it's, it's interesting because um, in preparing for the show today, and I'm reading around and, they said, you know, oftentimes we picture the, the angels with swords and shields, and but we have to understand the angels don't have bodies. They're persons. They are personal beings. They they are persons, but they, they're spiritual persons. They don't have a body. So when they fight, their weapons are not the physical weapons that we do battle with. As a matter of fact, um, in the book of um, the letter of St. Jude, you have this um, telling of part of Hebrew tradition that the devil contended with St. Michael over the body of Moses. And St. Michael doesn't challenge the devil directly. He says, in the name of the Lord God, I rebuke you. So it is the name of the Lord God that is our triumph. That is our rebuke to the enemies. But we have an angel and that angel wants to encourage us to do the right, to live in the presence of God as he does mm -hmm and to always be attentive and listening to the Lord so that we know what his will is moment by moment and we can do his will and allow him to work in and through us to bring about his kingdom. The whole point is to build his kingdom, which partially is fulfilled here on earth. Yes, we're supposed to build the kingdom of God on earth by living according to God's law, but completely fulfilled in heaven where we will be 
in God's presence face to face. Mary Danielle, on a practical level for our mom and dad who are listening to the podcast or to the live show, question comes, how do we instill this teaching on guardian angels to our children who um, are open to the gospel, but how do we bring this to a level for the kids to understand that their guardian angel is with them just and when they go to school, when they go to wherever to work, and to collaborate with their guardian angel. How do we instill devotion to the guardian angels to our children? Well, there's a beautiful prayer that we were taught when we were children, mm-hmm. and um, there are versions of it that have little additions. Oh, but yeah. The basic prayer, O angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love entrusts me here, ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule and guide, from sinful stain, O oh, keep me free, and in death's hour my helper be. And then you can add to that, um, my holy angel, please take my hand. I promise you docile obedience. Please guide me safely to heaven. That's beautiful. And I know that you taught me when we first got married. Here's a secret, everybody. After we pray the angel prayer, we'd say, from sinful stain, O oh, keep us free, and in death's hour my helper be. That's another part. I think I prayed that with Jesse at our show just a couple hours ago. Hey, I hear the music. We're kind of come get a quick break, but when we come back, here's my teaser. What does St. Thomas Aquinas hold in regards to the physical intervention of the universe with the angels? That's what we're going to cover next here, the Bible with the Barbers. Mary Danielle has a Bible study every Tuesday night, Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. We're glad to have you come. And when we come back, you're going to learn why she has this master's in biblical studies. I should explain that. She got it after she raised our four children. We'll be back more with the Bible and the Bible. Matthew Arnold here, host of Happy Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio part of our daily schedule of live 100% Catholic programs, along with the Terry and Jesse Show and the Bar of History with Dr. Ed Mazza. It is only because of your continued prayers and generous donations that Virgin Most Powerful Radio can broadcast live each weekday. We count on your spiritual and financial support because you understand the urgent need for Catholic programming that shares the gospel with clarity and charity, but without compromise. This fall, Virgin Most Powerful Radio will be rolling out another original live program, Jesus 911 with Jesse Romero, Eddie Chavez, and Ruben Nava, three ex-cops sharing true stories of evangelization and spiritual warfare on the streets of Los Angeles. We're also remodeling our studio and preparing to launch our new website and smartphone app. We desperately need to fix the bugs so you can listen live on our app or YouTube without any glitches. Plus, meet traditional broadcast standards in order to provide our exclusive programming to Catholic radio stations around the country and around the world absolutely free of charge. As usual, we're doing it all on a shoestring budget but we cannot do it without you. If you like what you hear on Virgin Most Powerful, I ask you to please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly donor. You can set it up with the touch of a button on our website, catholicrc.org. This October 13th, we invite you to Virgin Most Powerful's Call to Holiness Conference, Serious Scandals, Spiritual Solutions, at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina. Join Catholic authors and BMPR hosts Matthew Arnold, Dr. Ed Mazza, and Terry Barber to discover how you and your family can navigate the current crisis in the church with your faith not only intact, but stronger than ever before. Visit vmpr.org to register online now. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. We're back, and we're glad to be here, our first show together. And uh, I promised you that we would talk about St. Thomas Aquinas 
how he holds the principle that God makes use of the angels in every physical intervention in the universe. That's taken right from the Summa of St. Thomas. Can you explain what he means by that, Mary Danielle? The angels, um, as messengers of God, guide the created world that God made. They're there to guide and direct it in such a manner that it will be in accordance with God's holy will Mm -hmm. and used in accordance with God's holy will. And that applies to us in our lives because in the scriptures you have many instances of the angels coming to people's aid and helping them. The book of Tobit, the book of Daniel. You have even Peter who's rescued from in the Acts of the Apostles is is angel, remember? Mm -hmm. It takes him from the jail. Sure. Um, And so the angels are there. They guide all of creation Mm -hmm. because creation needs to be guided and directed in the ways of the will of God. And then they help men to interact with creation so that men are using creation in a way that's in accordance with God's will so that we don't misuse the beautiful gifts that God has given us. It's, you know, we can get confused. It's like St. Augustine said, you know, late of I love thee, beauty ever ancient ever new. And he talks about how he was on the outside looking in all the beautiful things that God made mm-hmm. and he's giving himself to all those things and he didn't realize that God was within shouting at him and saying, I'm here, just turn inwards and come to know me. I made you and I'm within. I dwell, he, And he dwells in us not because of necessity, but because of his desire to be in union with us. And this is God's will. And that's why he gives us an angel because the angels live in that union. They live in the presence of God and they don't disobey God. The good angels in heaven have never disobeyed God. Before I get you into the book of Tobit, I just want to ask the question. For many years, especially after the Second Vatican Council, they call it the spirit of the Vatican II, which is erroneous. But I read many places that um, even, you know, we we know that the devil is one of the bad angels, right? right? And we also heard that the evil of the devil is just kind of, they were explaining away many theologians erroneously that the devil is just a manifestation of evil, but there's really no devil. And it appears to me that things are starting to come back and realize uh, that there is a devil and he's wreaking havoc on the world and then the church, Exhibit A, the Catholic Church right now. And many of us are coming back to the fundamentals of Catholic teachings on the angels. So my question to you is just to set the stage. What happened way back when, when we had... Uh, the the battle in heaven with the angels. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Well, if you go to the first book of Genesis, Mm -hmm. in Genesis 1, you have in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let there be light. Mm -hmm. And then immediately you have, and God separated the light from the darkness. And evening came and morning followed the first day. Well, most of us kind of probably just assume, oh, they're, he's talking, well, he created the sun and, and there's light now and there's darkness yeah. and he's making day and night. Of course. The difficulty is that if you go back to Genesis and read it, yes. God doesn't create the sun, moon, and stars until day four. Ah. So on the first day when God says, let there be light, he's not creating the physical lights that we know. He's creating a spiritual world. And when he creates the angels, they are all light. And what we know from the tradition of the church and from the teaching of the fathers is that Lucifer was the highest. He was the light bearer. Mm -hmm. So the angels were light. And what was the separation of the light from the darkness? God had to separate the good angels who said, we'll follow God, followed Michael, Michael, whose name means who is like God, Mm -hmm. and the bad angels who said, no, we will not serve. And that was Lucifer's, I will not serve. He wanted to be like God without God, and he wanted to make it the way he wanted it. And Michael said, who is like God? You're not God. You're not going to take God's throne. Right. So what you have going on then, immediately from the beginning when God first created, you have this spiritual battle going on, this battle between the good angels who followed the light, who followed God, and the bad angels, the darkness, who rebelled against God and wouldn't cooperate with his plan. And so this fight goes on for all of time, and the devils are fighting against God's plan to try and destroy as much of his creation as they can. And there's this constant spiritual battle. I think in regards to your question about the theologians, one of the big difficulties 
in the late 1800s, 19th century into the 20th century, and now the 21st century, and it's becoming more and more prevalent, is we're becoming more and more materialistic. Mm. As the world got technology and people became more and more attached to material things, they became less and less aware of their spiritual needs. Makes sense. And they put their spiritual needs to the side and focused on their material needs. And often the theologians are doing the same thing. They're saying, oh, well, you know, the, the really thing, we have all this technology now, and because of all this technology, all those things that we learned oh, way back then, those were backward, ignorant people who didn't understand. But now we have all this technology, so we have all this understanding, and it's like, well, wait a minute. The spiritual world is still real. The spiritual battle between the light and the darkness is still real. And I think that many of those theologians lost sight of the spiritual world, and they're so enmeshed in the material that they've forgotten that they have a soul, an immortal soul, that's not material. Man is a creature composed of body, soul, and spirit. Now, the angels, they don't have this problem. They don't have a body. Again. So, so they have no body. So is it fair to say that we left our guard down for the last 40 years? Many people in the church decided that there really isn't a devil. And when the devil is most powerful is when people don't believe he's for real. And that's when he reaches the most effectiveness against us. And I, I asked that question, and then I know you know a good priest who was sharing this with us, Father James McCurry, OFM, and he said, can you say anything nice about the devil? And he said, he asked the question, and I said, yes, he does his job well. The point I'm making is, isn't he most effective when the individual doesn't think he exists? And that's true, and I wouldn't say, I, it goes back much further than 40 years. Mm -hmm. This problem with materialism creeping in and gradually whittling away at the spiritual has been going on for a lot longer than 40 yeah. years. Vatican II didn't create a problem. Vatican II exposed a problem that was already deeply entrenched yeah. in the hearts and souls of, of, her, of the people of the church, of the people of God. And so, yeah, the, the, the battle goes on. We have this difficulty with... The materialism creeping in and not fully understanding and you're absolutely right if you were a military strategist and we don't like to think in these terms sometimes nowadays but think about it because we're in a battle for our souls if you were a military strategist what's your greatest strategy is if you can convince your enemy that you don't exist and so satan yes has been trying to convince us that he doesn't exist and then we don't fight against him or guard against him we had the uh the modern is an oath on our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, and we'd like people to sign that because modernism has the idea that the supernatural really doesn't exist. Is that a fair statement? I'm kind of summarizing modernism, but it's, uh, most modernists don't really believe in the supernatural, especially with the devil and the angels. So I think that's appropriate to ask our friends listening to go to our website and sign that as a way of your support of the Holy Church on the teachings regarding the supernatural. Mary Danielle, we're going to be taking a break just in a couple minutes, so I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about the book of Tobit because that's one of your favorite books. I know that because I'm married to you, and we actually had that in our wedding, did we not? Yes, we did. We had All right, and I just want to remind everybody, Mary Danielle has a Bible study here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. But also for older folks, what day do you do it in midday? I think one. Well, for anyone who can't make it in the evenings, it's at one o'clock on Thursday afternoon. So here at the Sacred Heart. Here Chapel. at the Sacred Heart Chapel. So we do 7 p.m. on Tuesdays and then 1 1 p.m. on Thursday afternoon for people who can't get out at night or have another commitment in the evening. So great. Well, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Book of Tobit. But I also just want to remind everybody: October 13th, uh, we have the uh, call to holiness conference um you don't know this but this is the first time i've said it on the radio are you ready mary danielle is going to join me on the 13th for the call to holiness conference along with dr ed mazza matthew arnold and we're going to be talking about solutions to the crisis in the church and it's not militant it's really spiritual we need to we need to get back to the basics and if you want to join us you can call 877 526-2151 or go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and you can sign up right online. And I'm going to say it right now. If money is a problem, you can come for free. Now, we do have expenses to put these events on. 
but I don't want anybody not coming to our events because of money. Over the last 40 years, I've always allowed for people to have scholarships. If you can't financially swing it, come anyway, because someone else is going to help us with the cost, and it doesn't need to be you. It could be someone else. Also, talking about financial, you know, people tell me that when you do a room addition at your house, it's stressful. (laughs) Can I tell you, we've been under this construction of the studios for the last 10 weeks. And the contractors are coming in every day and they're working late at night and trying to get this done. But there's a lot of details. And Studio A is what my wife and I are in. Studio B is next to me right now. And I can see it through the window. And there's electrical outlets still needing to be put together. And there's other things that need to be done. And I'm laughing because I said, oh, we'll get it done quickly. (laughs) Well, it's not getting done that quickly. But also, we went over budget because... Just the way things go, we, we needed more new equipment to make our program be delivered to more stations around the country. If you hadn't had a chance to give to the project for the studio, you know, I would ask you to, to give now because we're right at the end of paying our uh, bills. I, I seem to go to Home Depot about four times a week with the contractor, and I, it's never uh, under $500 to buy the you know supplies for the for the studio. So I'm just asking if you haven't done it, you can call 877-526-2151 or go online to Catholic, excuse me, to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, the people who have been supporting us in nine months. We are coming out with new programs. I think you just heard this week, Gary Machuda on the basic apologetics. He's excellent, got a great mind. I was really happy to that he accepted my invitation to come on to Virgin Most Powerful. Also, we're now playing Father Carapi's Catechism Series on our iPhone app. What? Did I hear that right? Yes, you heard it right. Father Carapi's Catechism Series that so many people told me were converting them to the Catholic faith, reverts. We decided to put it on our app. So tell your friends. Let's get the download the app. Go to Catholic, go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org where it says support, get the new app that we're putting together. It's, an, it's a beta app, and you can start listening to Father Carapi, Jesse Romero, Matthew Arnold, Dr. Ed Mazza, Gary Machuda, Mary Danielle, and myself. We're just adding more, but now I'm at the stage where we're not going to add too much more until we catch up right now, so I'm just giving you my take right now. But we do need your support. Go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org or call 877 877- Five two six two one five one. When we come back, the barbers with the Bible. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Book of Tobit and how the angels are all through the Book of Tobit. I hope you enjoy this, because I'm sure enjoying it. We thank you for our first show together, and we hope that we'll be doing more with you and learning more about God's Word. We'll be right back. This is Terry Barber encouraging you to go to CatholicRC.org. Take a look at all the CDs and the downloads from St. Joseph Communications. I have them all discounted on our website. And every time you purchase a CD, whether it's a download or a DVD, a portion of it goes right back to supporting the Terry and Jesse show because the profits come right back to our radio network. So I want to encourage you to go to CatholicRC.org. Also, while you're there, if you buy product from Amazon, go to Smile Amazon on our website. Register the Catholic Resource Center as a beneficiary because when you purchase anything from Amazon, a portion of it, they write us a check for that each quarter. And that's also going to support the Terry and Jesse show. So pick up Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, Father Bill Casey. We've got the Spiritual Warfare Conferences for years to come. I think four or five years now of spiritual warfare conferences. All this is available on our website, catholicrc.org. Download the material or purchase the CDs or the DVDs. Be inspired. Pass them on to friends. We're making these available to you. This is 40 years of my work of recording these conferences, and I want to make them available to you, whether you purchase them through a CD, a DVD, or a download. Share it with a friend or a family member. Let's bring a a soul back to Christ and his church. 
That's catholicrc.org or call us at 877-526-2151. May God richly bless you. or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Glad to be back. I love it. This is once a week with my wife, the, with the, talking about the Bible and uh, with the Barbers. And so we're just honored to be here. And I, I promised uh, at the end of the break that we would cover the book of Tobit. And Mary Danielle... That is such a beautiful book. It was so beautiful that 30 years ago, you wanted to insert that and you had that option for our wedding. But can you give a little historical background on the book of Tobit and how the angels are all through that little short book? Well, Tobit is a Israelite who is in exile up in Assyria. Um, he's been taken off. And this man is a very faithful man to the law of God. And he has suffered persecution for it because he will follow the, the laws, including burying the dead, which at different times while the exiles are up there, you know, remember the first 10 tribes, the tribes of Israel, the nor- northern kingdom, were first carried into exile. And you still had the, the Judah, you still had the tribes, in the, the two tribes in the south who hadn't been, and you had Jerusalem, hadn't fallen yet, to and wasn't carried off into exile yet. And so often the, then the king would, the king who had carried the northern tribes off would send his, you know, army down to try and conquer Judah. And if he didn't accomplish that goal, and that happened a couple of times, then he would come back and he'd take it out on the Jews who were in exile. (laughs) And so they made laws against burying the the dead. They couldn't bury their dead. They couldn't. Well, Tobit would do it anyway. And Tobit does this and he buries the dead. And um, in doing so, he did it. The Jewish laws, if you buried the dead, you couldn't sleep in your house that night. So he sleeps outside and he gets the bird dung gets in his eyes and he gets goes blind. Yep. And then um, he's beside himself. His wife goes out to take in work and she brings home a goat one day and the goat bleats as it comes in the house and he's thinking it's stolen. And he tells her she ought to return it. And <laughs> basically his wife says, Why don't you, you and all your good works? Now you're I heard I my hard earned money, you know, oh, by this goat. Cute. I worked hard for it, and now you're just saying I stole it and where are all your good works now? You know, your true colors are coming out. Yeah. And so Tobit prays for death. It's, and they have a son. Tobit and his wife have a son, Tobias. Now, in the meantime, there's a, a relative of theirs who has a daughter named Sarah. And Sarah has got a worse problem, I think. She's been married seven times. And on her wedding night, an evil demon comes in and slaughters the man she married before they have time to consummate the wedding. Seven so, times. Seven times. Unbelievable. <laughs> Her father has buried seven men. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, and well, poor Sarah is beside herself. She's just like, she's thinking, you know, and she's, she corrects one of her maids one day, and the maid just curses her and says, why don't you just die like your husbands? Here you are killing your husbands. And she accuses her. <laughs> what a her. thing to say. Yeah, I think, and, so, and, and poor Sarah, she, she's just, she goes up to a room in her house, and she's actually going to hang herself. Oh, no. And then she stops and she says, wait a minute, if I do that, this is going to bring disgrace on my father in his old age. So as Tobed, who's been, you know, reviled by his wife Mm -hmm. is praying for death. Sarah offers up a prayer for death and says, Lord, will you just kill me? You know, I mean, take my life because what, what's going on here? What is this worth? And so they both pray and God hears their prayer. And then Tobit remembers that he had loaned some money to another relative. Mm-hmm. So he tells his son, Tobiah, look, Tobiah. And by the way, the, the advice he gives to his son, the advice on marriage and family and the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, they're all right here in the book of Tobit. You got to read it. There you go. So um, he tells his son that he has to go collect this debt. He says, go out and find someone to go with you, a young mm-hmm. man who knows the way. Right. So Tobit goes out and he sees this young man standing there and he says, uh, what is your name? And he says, my name is Azariah. And 
He said, oh, um, what did you come here for? Oh, I came here looking for work. Oh, well, perfect. Do you know the way to this city? And he says, yes, absolutely, I know the way. I've been there many times. Well, what Tobias doesn't know is that Azariah is actually the angel Raphael. And God has sent the angel Raphael to heal both Tobid and Sarah. Mm -hmm. And this is all part of God's plan. He's going to bring healing to these people who are suffering so much. And so Tobias is overjoyed. He brings Azariah home to meet his father. And as Father William told this story years ago at a family conference, and he said, Mm -hmm. You see, that was the first indication in the, in the Old Testament we had of the angels being unemployed. You know, <laughs> what have you come here for? I'm looking for work. <laughs> so, so Azariah gets put to work and he goes with to- Tobias to collect this debt. And on his way, he tells Tobias about Sarah. And Tobias is like, wait, 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 wait. I know about this lady. Even, even Tobias and his family have heard about Sarah and her seven husbands. I mean, word gets around, right? Even back in those days, before cell phones and telegraphs and yep. whatever. So, and the angel, and the angel, Raphael tells him, but she was intended for you. Mm-hmm. You are her nearest of kin. And he, as he's speaking about her, Tobias's heart is moved, and he falls in love already without even meeting her. Wow. So he he's supposed to marry Sarah, and so he goes to the house of Sarah, and they stay there. And sure enough, he marries Sarah, and then. They're having a big wedding feast, and her father is so overjoyed. As a matter of fact, on the wedding night, her father had gone out and dug another grave and said, this time we'll bury him. We won't let anybody know, and we're just going to pretend like it just didn't happen, right? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So the next morning, he's not dead, of course, because what had happened is Raphael had taken care of the evil demon Tasmodeus. They had caught a fish on the way. The angel tells um, Tobias almost gets bit by this fish. This fish comes up out of the river, and he says, don't let it get away. Grab it. You need its gall, its liver, and its heart. Mm -hmm. And the gall was for his father's eyes to heal the cataracts. And the liver and the heart were to free Sarah from the evil demon Tasmodeus. So on his wedding night, Tobias was to burn the liver and the heart on the fire in their room. And that would drive the evil demon away. And then Raphael would take care of the demon. That was his fight. That Tobias didn't have to fight that fight. So Tobias follows those directions, and so he doesn't get killed. Mm. And then and then there's a big party. So now party hardy, this is what great, our daughter's finally married. You're, you know, this guy didn't get killed on his on their wedding night. Sure. And and they they're it's a week, and Tobias takes Azariah aside and says, Brother Azariah, would you take the promissory note that my father gave me and go and collect the debt because my father, my parents are gonna we've been gone so long already. So he does, and then they come back, and then when they come back, he uses Tobias uses the gall to heal his father's eyes. And in the end, they're going to give Brother Azariah half of what they brought back. And then Azariah reveals who he is. And there's a beautiful, beautiful hymn in the last chapter of the book of Tobit. And it's just this constant listening to the angel, following his advice, doing what he says, and this isn't the only instance. I mean, if you go to the book of Daniel, when Daniel is thrown into the lion's den, yep, yep. when when you know the king comes to say, Daniel, are you okay? And he says, yes, God sent his angel to close the mouth of the lion right. so he wouldn't consume me. And in, in chapter 3 of the book of Daniel, you had the three, Ananias, Azariah, and Mishael, are thrown into the furnace. And the king sees them in the furnace, and the furnace is heated seven times its normal heat. And he sees them walking about he had bound them, and he sees them walking about in the fire, unbound, and there's a fourth with him, with them, who looks like a son of God. So the angel is visible to the king, and the angel is protecting them from the fire. So you have these instances throughout where God sends the angel to guide his people right. uh, in the Exodus. He sends his angels to help people in their troubles, and even in the New Testament, all the way, you've got this too, when Peter's in the prison, and the angel comes and releases Peter from the prison. It was funny because when Peter comes and knocks on the door, the lady runs and she says, oh, um, Peter's at the door. And they said, oh, it must be his angel. And she said, well, no, why don't you let him in? Right. <laughs> she, she forgot to let him in. So you did great stories in the Bible, a lot of humor, a lot of oh, yeah. great stuff. Mary Danielle, both of us have been involved with the confraternity of the opusangelorum.org. I'm going to give that website out because for 34 years or five years, We've both been under formation. We made our total consecration to all the angels. And so we are very devoted to angelology, the study of the angels. 
So I want to recommend that people go to opusangelorum.org for future conference for more information. But some of the questions that are going to come up with angelology, I'd like to ask you one because when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about my favorite topic, the presence of angels at the Holy Eucharist. But I want to uh, clarify some things, and I'll just mention it. I've heard it on National Catholic Radio, um, the director of one of the radio networks, saying that um, you should name your angel. And I just humbly say that he was wrong. He shouldn't have said that because the Vatican has come out clearly that you shouldn't be naming your angel because we get that question all the time. But specifically, I like what Father William Wagner at our retreat answered in regards to naming your angel. Can you share with our listeners a compelling reason why you shouldn't be naming your guardian angel? Well, the reason is, is because when you know the name, it's as if you have power over. Yep. Remember in the New Testament, when Jesus goes to exercise a demon, he asks the name. Because by the giving of your name to another, you give that person power over you. That's right. For instance, if you want to get someone's attention, what do you do? Call them by name. There you go. You call them by name. Why? That gives you a power over them. Now, that doesn't have to be exercised in a bad way. But nonetheless, we don't have power over our angels. Our angels are doing God's will in our life. And they're trying to lead us to do God's will. So it's not, we don't want power over our angels. We want to collaborate with our angels so that we're doing the will of God in union with our angels. And the church has said very clearly, we have the name of three angels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Those are the names that are given, and those are the names that we know. We know those three angels by name, and the others we we can simply call them angel and refer to them through the prayers the church teaches us. And we don't need power over our angels. We need to learn to collaborate and work with our angels. So the key with our angel is to get us to heaven. That's his job, to collaborate with us. And so if we don't communicate with our guardian angel, he's not going to force his will on us, correct? That is correct. God will not force himself. So the the angels, right. So that means we have to be proactive in having a relationship with our guardian angel. Right. And again, you mentioned if for those who just tuned in that maybe they're behind, we're going to take a minute and a break here, but... Again, what's the advice for each person to have a a relationship with their guardian angel? What would you encourage them to do each day? Well, pray your guardian angel prayer every day, for one, but also learn to listen and spend time reading the scriptures because the angel and God speak to us in the silence. So we need silence. We need to turn off the noise. Yep, we do. And when we come back, we're going to talk about turning off the noise, the presence of angels in the Holy Eucharist. Wow, when I learned about that, that just blew me away, and I think it's going to blow you away. I'm here with my wife, Mary Danielle. That's the Bible with the Barbers. We're talking about angelology. We'll be back more with the presence of angels in the Eucharist. Matthew Arnold here host of Happy Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Part of our daily schedule of live 100% Catholic programs, along with the Terry and Jesse Show and the Bar of History with Dr. Ed Mazza. It is only because of your continued prayers and generous donations that Virgin Most Powerful Radio can broadcast live each weekday. We count on your spiritual and financial support because you understand the urgent need for Catholic programming that shares the gospel with clarity and charity, but without compromise. This fall, Virgin Most Powerful Radio will be rolling out another original live program, Jesus 911 with Jesse Romero, Eddie Chavez, and Ruben Nava, three ex-cops sharing true stories of evangelization and spiritual warfare on the streets of Los Angeles. We're also remodeling our studio and preparing to launch our new website and smartphone app. We desperately need to fix the bugs so you can listen live on our app or YouTube without any glitches. Plus, meet traditional broadcast standards in order to provide our exclusive programming to Catholic radio stations around the country and around the world absolutely free of charge. As usual, we're doing it all on a shoestring budget but we cannot do it without you. 
If you like what you hear on Virgin Most Powerful, I ask you to please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly donor. You can set it up with the touch of a button on our website, catholicrc.org. This October 13th, we invite you to Virgin Most Powerful's Call to Holiness Conference, Serious Scandals, Spiritual Solutions, at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina. Join Catholic authors and VMPR hosts Matthew Arnold, Dr. Ed Mazza, and Terry Barber to discover how you and your family can navigate the current crisis in the Church with your faith not only intact, but stronger than ever before. Visit VMPR.org to register online now. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Thank you very much. I wanted to mention that my wife, Mary Danielle, got her master's in biblical studies from John Paul II the Great after our kids were raised. And uh, then she started teaching Bible studies, and she's been in high demand. And if you want to come to her Bible study tonight at 7 p.m., you're welcome to come or one o'clock in the afternoon on Thursdays here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. I made a promise and I said, I want to talk about the presence of angels at the Holy Eucharist. And so, Mary Danielle, the angels are present, especially at the Eucharistic sacrifice. Every Mass we go to, tell us how that works. Well, what's interesting is when you go to Mass, mm-hmm. Time and space no longer exist. Woo, I love it. We are taken out of time, yep. and we are actually united to heaven. Amen. And we can't see that with our eyes, but through faith we know mm-hmm. that the Mass is one sacrifice that Christ offered. His sacrifice on Calvary, he offered once in a bloody manner on Calvary. He will never die again, but that sacrifice is an eternal sacrifice. It never ceases. It stretches from the beginning of time to end of time in the terms of when God made creation, he also saw at the same time the sacrifice of his son because there is no time in God. He's outside of time. So if you go to the book of Revelation and you read chapter 5, it talks about the lamb, the lamb who was slain, who still bears his scars in heaven. And in one of the prefaces, one of the Easter prefaces, the church has this prayer and paraphrasing it is... The victim who immolated himself is now no longer dying, but lives for all eternity, Mm -hmm. that act of immolated love. Jesus Christ is the victim. He immolated himself once for all in a bloody manner on the cross, but for all eternity, he is before the Father making intercession for us. And that's the Mass is all, it's the entire Paschal mystery. If you read the the Second Vatican II Council, it's the entire Paschal mystery, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. And so all of that is in the Mass. And it's we are caught up into the worship of heaven. And you know what? Wherever God is, guess what else? Well, I'll tell you who agrees with you is St. John Chrysostom. He says, The whole sanctuary in the space before the altar is filled with heavenly powers to come and honor him who is present upon the altar and everywhere else. Think now of what kind of choir you're going to enter. What? Think about that. Although vested with a body, you have been just worthy to join the powers of the heavenly heaven in singing the praises of him who is Lord. Behold the royal table. The angels serve at it. The Lord himself is present. Here's something that we kind of keep focused. You know, many of us have been to churches where there's crazy liturgies. You know, we've got to stay focused also on what actually is taking place in spite of poor preaching our poor liturgical practices. Right. Uh, we got to make sure that there's only one priestly activity, that is Jesus Christ. Right. And by it, the whole creation glorifies the Holy Trinity. Right. There's, wow. there's only one priest. Christ is the priest. Wow. Every ordained priest shares in the priesthood of Jesus Christ to the point that we say what? The priest acts in persona Christi. In the person of Christ. In the person of Christ. So it is Christ himself who acts in and through the priest mm-hmm. to make his sacrifice present to us. And there's only one mass. It's Christ's mass. 
The mass that he offered on Calvary, which is also the same mass that he offered at the Last Supper and that he offers in heaven for all eternity before his Father's presence. And it's interesting. If you go to the book of Revelation, chapter 4, yes. you have the angels singing, Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. And if you go to Isaiah, <laughs> chapter 6, you also have the angels singing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God of hosts. Old Testament, New Testament, it's all tied together. It is the worship of God, and this is what we're made for. We're made to participate in that worship, and that's what John Chrysostom is referring to. Think about the choir that you're entering. Yeah. There are nine choirs of angels, <laughs> and the angels sing that's to right. the Lord in worship. And when we go to Mass, we enter into the choirs of angels to sing to the Lord his praises. Well, the Mass is so exciting. You know, Mary Danielle, you know that I started going to Mass when I was 14 years old. You beat me. You've been going to Mass since you were just big enough to stand. Right? Daily Mass. Daily, daily mass, mass, I should say. Always going mass. to Sunday Mass, but yeah, yeah daily, but daily Mass. Daily Mass, I started when I was 14, but you went way before me. You know, in the, in the uh, book of Hebrews, we read, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the company of the many thousands of angels and to the church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heavens and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the just made perfect, to Jesus, mediator of the New Testament, and the sprinkling of blood, which speaks better than Abel. You know, that verse from Hebrews just proves to me that every Catholic church is filled with angels when the Mass takes place. That's absolutely true. And even when the Mass doesn't take place, because our Lord is present in the most blessed sacrament of the altar, the, the Eucharist is reserved in the tabernacle. He's not there to just be in the tabernacle alone. Right. He's there so that we can come and worship and be in his presence and come to know him. How can you fall in love with somebody you don't know? Right. How can you fall in love with somebody that you don't spend time with? Our Lord is present in the Holy Eucharist. He's waiting for us to come and adore him. And the angels are there. They're always there because Jesus Christ is God, Okay. So where God is, there is heaven. You want heaven on earth? Go to church and spend time with our Lord. Mm-hmm. Also, live in the state of grace because then God is dwelling in your soul. There's Elizabeth of the Trinity said, I have found my heaven on earth, for heaven is where God is, and he is in my heart. But remember, she was a Carmelite nun living in a convent. She spent hours of adoration every day, hours with our Lord in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. She could do that. We can spend at least 15 minutes, a half hour, maybe an hour a day, depending on the duties of our state in life, but at least an hour once a week with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And all of the angels are present there, and especially at the Mass. This is the sacrifice of Christ. They witness this. The angels can't suffer. They don't have a body. That's true. Now it's easy to see how the display of the liturgy of, the, uh, liturgy of earth is a visible reflection of the efficacious symbol of the heavenly liturgy of the angels thus unity of the two are expressed by the liturgy itself i i thought of that and i said wow how can you be bored at mass i believe that people just don't understand what's taking place at the altar and that's why here with the barber with the bibles we're going to be talking about the bible but also about how the sacraments are right in the bible and we can show the beauty of the mass if you know the bible right Right. And so this is a brand new show. We just had our first show today, Mary Danielle and myself. She's the expert. I'm just asking questions, okay? But she has the master's in biblical studies from John Paul II. If you have questions, she's the one who's been answering them, a lot of them on our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. And if you want to come to her Bible study, again, it's tonight on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina. Or on Thursdays at 1 in the afternoon, she has a second Bible study. Mary Danielle, can you share just for a minute what you're going to cover today? Maybe people would be wanting to come tonight. What's your topic for tonight? We are um, doing a short, hopefully 6 to 10 week introduction to hermeneutics. Hermeneutics, What does that mean? Hermeneutics is a word that means proper interpretation. And so we want to know how is it that we are supposed to interpret the Bible? Ah. Does the church give us a clue? Are we just supposed to figure it out for ourselves? And or do we have guidelines? Do we have somewhere to go where we know what is the proper interpretation? What does the church say? 
what guidelines does she give us? Got it. And we're going to be giving resources on this show. It's once a week, not every not every day. It's on Tuesdays. Uh, we'll be doing this show. And today we gave references to the opusangelorum.org website. And I just wanted to plug them again because Mary Danielle and myself are very devoted to the angels through that organization. They have a very Thomistic, which means Thomas Aquinas approach to the angels. And it's helped us love God deeper. And we've each actually made consecration to all the angels. And what is this consecration? Similar to my wife and I making a consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's all tied into our baptism. But I want to just encourage people to go to their website because they have so much more resources for folks. Every year in August, we have like a three-day, three nights here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. Uh, I believe it's like the middle of August usually. So you can come. We just had it a couple months ago, but love to have you do that. Mary Danielle, to wrap up devotion to the guardian angel, uh, what again are the benefits of collaborating with, collaborating with your guardian angel on a daily basis? What what benefits do you get? Well, the benefits you get is to fall deeper in love with God. Yeah. And, you know, God has given you this beautiful angel to be at your side. He's your friend. He's your brother. It's ungrateful for us not to spend time with him and not to, and we get to fall in love with him too. Here is this angel. He's never disobeyed God in the least. And yet he serves us. Even when we do wrong, he's still at our side, encouraging us to turn back to God and repent of our sins. He wants us to go to confession. He wants us to go to mass. He wants us to spend time with our Lord. And it's just, you gain the benefit of falling more deeply in love with God more deeply in love with this beautiful angel that he's given you. And you will also gain the benefit of falling more deeply in love with your family members, the people around you. And you will begin to learn how to build the kingdom of God here on earth, which is a calling for all of us. As a mother, and we've got moms listening, do you have devotion to your angels when your kids go out, especially even when some of our kids now have grown up? Why don't you share with our listeners the prayer we pray for each of our kids on a daily basis? It's a very intimate thing, but I want to encourage you to do likewise. Well, we pray the angel prayer for each of our children. Together we pray, so we say, O angel of God, and then we say the name of the child. So we say it for each one of them individually. There's also, you can say, you know, my guarding angel, would you go talk to the angel of my son, my daughter, say their name, and ask their angel to surround them with his love and protection and help them to do their duty. That's a prayer we actually learned through the Opus Angelorum. It was a lady, her daughter went off to boot camp, their only only daughter, never been away from home before, and her mother was just like, what am I going to do, Lord? How am I going to take? So every day her mother would pray, my angel, would you talk to my daughter's angel and ask her angel to surround her with their love and protection and help her with her duty. And when she went to graduation for her daughter's boot camp graduation, she didn't expect to get a confirmation that her prayer was answered. <laughs> but her daughter came to her and she said, you know, Mom, this has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But ever since I've been here, I have felt surrounded by this loving presence. And I've always felt like someone was helping me with my work. That's great. And so, yes, the angels are real. Send your angels to help your children to pray, to do their work. We're out of time, but I want you to also go online and get the Michael story saint michael the archangel about a michael in the korean war korean war it's a great story we ran out of time to tell it we plan to do it but just go online this is the barbers with the bible and we just had our first show we're glad to have you aboard we'll be back next tuesday with you and i want to thank all of you who want to learn more about the bible my wife will be teaching that each tuesday here on virgin most powerful radio thank you again for all those who have been supporting us in our ninth month Here at Virgin Most Powerful, we want you to live in the state of grace, not the state of mortal sin. Amen. Amen to that. And may God richly bless you and your family in full sheen ahead. Amen. God love you. We're all familiar with the gospel where Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet while her sister Martha does the cooking and cleaning. And when Martha complains, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and worried about many things. There's need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better portion. That gospel always bothered me. Look, if Martha weren't cooking and cleaning, no one would have eaten. But if you think about it, Jesus didn't say, Martha, Martha, stop cooking. He said, stop being anxious about many things. It's okay to work hard, but Jesus is telling us, don't be busy, be occupied. If there's a hundred things in your plate, make sure only one thing is on your heart. And what's that one thing? 
love. Receive each task as a gift from God. Offer it back to Him and do it all with love in imitation of Jesus. I know, easier said than done. Lord, help us to be like Mary when we have to work like Martha. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.